Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the Big Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Epidemio Logunde. In this episode, I'll be talking about recent trends in software development that have seen the rise of low-code and no-code platforms and strategic considerations from a cybersecurity perspective. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. So by now, we know that technology often follows a familiar progression. First, it is used by a small core of early adopters. Then the user base expands to engineers who can navigate the technical nuances and jargon until it is finally made user-friendly enough that almost anyone can use it. Right now, the process of building software is making that final leap. Just as the clickable icons of Windows and Mac OS replaced obscure DOS commands, new no-code platforms are replacing programming languages with simple drag-and-drop interfaces. The implications are enormous. Where it used to require a team of engineers to build a piece of software, now users with ideas and a simple web browser have the power to bring those ideas to life themselves. This means that powerful technology, which was only previously available to large, well-resourced businesses, is now suddenly within reach of individuals and small companies. Perhaps most significantly, it makes it possible to deploy artificial intelligence, one of the most transformative technologies in one single generation, without hiring an army of expensive software developers and data scientists. So that means smaller businesses, which often have vast amounts of data, can now employ the benefits of AI, such as powering new kinds of customer experiences, just like a self-driving Tesla, or growing company's top line, just like Procter & Gamble's AI-driven advertising spend, and optimizing operations for maximum efficiency, just like Walmart's supply chain. For smaller businesses, knowing where and how to deploy this technology can be daunting. But, like large companies, who may already have gone through figuring out how data science might work for them, it makes sense to begin by deploying no-code AI on bite-sized tasks versus mega-projects comparable to trying to boil the ocean. Ideally, you want to do four key things. One, work with your already existing data. There is often more value to be captured there than you may initially think. Second, pick high-value tasks where being more efficient will drive growth. Third, get quick wins in common areas like sales funnel optimization or churn reduction so your team can learn how AI applies to a wide range of use cases. And lastly, don't be afraid to move on quickly if you cannot achieve 10x ROI from any AI project. There are plenty of high return applications to get value. So the potential of AI is everywhere in the enterprise. The advantage of no-code platforms is that they are not restricted to any particular use case. These tools can be used to detect machine maintenance patterns and predict which machines need attention before they fail. Marketing teams can use them to spot dissatisfaction and thereby reduce churn. They can also be used by operations teams to reduce employee attrition. They can spot patterns in text, not just numbers, and analyze sales notes and transcripts alongside sales history and marketing data. So basically, using no-code platforms or AI tasks will allow companies to automate complex processes. Working with no-code platforms will come down to simply finding the right project and the right platform for many companies. 
So like I mentioned earlier, low-code and no-code applications are quickly becoming the technology of choice for many people in the digital workplace. According to a recent research from Gartner, 70% of new applications developed by organizations will use low-code or no-code technologies by 2025, which is up from less than 25% just last year. The corresponding rise of low-code application platforms, or LCAPs, LCAPs, is driving the increase in the number of citizen developers and business technologists who report outside of IT departments and create technology or analytics capabilities for internal or external business use. So these are basically employees with little to no coding experience who build applications with IT-approved technology. And like I mentioned, they report to a business unit or function other than IT. So this is changing the way applications are being built. App development is gradually trending toward assembly and integration with teams that use them assembling and composing them. In fact, it is likely the percentage of new applications developed by LCAP environments will go way beyond the 70% that have been recently predicted by Gartner. So, of course, none of this should be surprising. Skill shortages in the tech industry have been well documented. However, in terms of application and platform development, the problem has now become urgent. Recent research from Boston-based Mendix indicated that the demand for developers has reached a fever pitch among IT professionals. Nearly 6 in 10 say the number of staff needed for software development is increasing, while the cost of software development is rising. For many enterprises, the solution to this problem is an LCAP. According to Mendix's State of Low Code 2021 report, based on a survey of 2,025 IT professionals across six countries, 77% of enterprises have already adopted low code to meet this shortage, and 75% of IT leaders say it is a trend they cannot afford to miss. So the research underscores that the trend toward low-code adoption is helping enterprises accelerate development by democratizing how software is built to include business users. Low-code, according to the report, can bring major software projects back on track while keeping costs down and using the hidden technical talent that is already in place within an organization. So four of the report's other findings are as follows. First, in organizations that use low-code, more than half of employees are now using apps that are built on low-code platforms. Second, two out of five low-code users reported more collaboration, faster development, and lower cost, and that low-code projects reduce cost by 53%, and they happen 56% faster. Third, Low-code solutions are becoming central to business operations. Among those using low-code, 33% have used it to build mission-critical apps. Lastly, software developers acknowledge and welcome its flexibility, saying that half of their everyday development work could be done on a low-code platform. Of course, there are also other drivers to adoption. With businesses prioritizing the digital transformation of daily operations and processes, many of them turn to low-code, no-code tools because of the lower cost and decreased technical barriers to entry. In addition, 
businesses that require flexibility and agility in their tech stacks can use a low-code enabled business process management, BPM, or robotic process automation, RPA solution to automate and digitize business processes. Or they can even use an LCAP to develop enterprise applications internally. So a recent LCAP and BPM user survey found that professional developers can use these tools to complete tasks two to three times faster than traditional developer tools. Low-code tools also enable business users and citizen developers to lend their expertise to reduce friction between IT teams and end users and therefore create standardized processes or applications that require less IT intervention and better match the use cases in question. So regardless of the type of business, whether you're a farmer, a car dealership, or a heating, ventilation, and air conditioning um, installer, also known as HVAC installer, software powers your businesses. The bottom line is that every business has become a software business in the push toward digital transformation. For example, a farmer might need to create a website for online ordering, wholesale orders, and farm shares. The car dealer may want a zero-friction buying experience and the HVAC installer might need a mobile app to provide estimates to his or her customers. So while software might be taking over the workplace, there isn't an endless supply of software developers. Even the largest financial services organizations cannot hire enough developers. At the same time, it is critically essential that software development closely aligns with business teams because ultimately, software is being created to solve business challenges and to satisfy increasing customer expectations. LCAP is like other parts of the business technology landscape in many ways. In terms of day-to-day operations, power is gradually moving from internal IT teams towards business teams. Teams no longer need to wait months to provision the server. They just use a credit card and go to the cloud. Likewise, they are using software as a service options, SaaS, to try new software on their own sometimes without IT's blessing. So with a low-code, no-code approach, business teams have the power to create their own applications. The demand for LCAP offerings is so intense that it pushes companies without access to them to invest. Recent deals such as Goldman Sachs's $90 million investment into low-code software maker WSO2 have highlighted a trend toward cloud-based applications with accessible adoption models, which simplified deployments for unprecedented speed and scale. It is a project that many organizations will be keen to monitor, especially those affected most by tech skills shortages, but must nonetheless deliver customer service. WSO2's founder and CEO, Sanjeeva Wirawirana, said the rise of remote work puts added pressure on companies to accelerate efforts to digitize business systems in every department. But those efforts are running up against a scarcity of IT workers, which actually predates the pandemic, but has gotten worse in recent months. Low-code and no-code platforms at the core of an emerging corporate technology strategy, which I described earlier as citizen development or software democratization, that seeks to put software development into the hands of the business line employees who are actually the people who use the apps that traditional software developers make. It also aims to free up IT teams for higher level digital projects. 
In related news, Tel Aviv-based Zenity recently announced a $5 million seed funding round to help secure low-code, no-code applications. Zenity argues that as employees build their own applications and adapt tools like Robotic Process Automation, RPA, this new class of applications also opens new avenues for potential breaches and ransomware attacks. According to Zenity's co-founder and CEO, Ben Kleiger, companies heavily adopt low-code, no-code platforms without realizing the risks they bring or their part in the shared responsibility model. He said his company empowers chief information officers, CIOs, and chief information security officers, CISOs, to seamlessly govern their low-code, no-code applications and prevent unintentional data leaks, disturbance to the business community, compliance risks, or malicious breaches. Designity platform helps businesses build a catalog of low-code, no-code apps in their organization, mitigate potential issues, and set up a governance policy that can then be automatically enforced. The company argues that the methods of traditional security services don't transfer to low-code, no-code applications. Yet, the need for a tool like this is only growing, especially given that most of the developers that use it don't necessarily have security backgrounds or maybe even any software development background at all. Recent investments into low-code, no-code tools can serve as models for how the platforms can enable organizations to quickly ramp up mission-critical services. For example, a European country recently rolled out over 800 apps in the last four years through a Lego-like low-code, no-code modeling tool for business teams. So to wrap up, the ongoing IT talent crunch has led to low-code solutions providing enterprise organizations with the ability to increase productivity, consistency, and quality, thereby enabling organizations to stay in control of much larger projects than they could previously manage. Software democratization does not remove the need for IT teams. IT must provide best practices and blueprints on how to use these tools to avoid security vulnerabilities or situations in which applications cannot integrate or even stop working altogether, which causes technical liability and structural flaws. So that's all I have for this episode. Thanks for listening. The Beat Picture Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alowinly Productions. Fact-checking by Zara Kuznetsova. Audio engineer, Sergey Gorski. Graphic design, Stacey Graham. Senior producer, Abidemi Ologunde. Executive producers, Olufolani Ologunde and Toby Loba Ologunde. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity's news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Beat Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at BeatPicture, on the Clubhouse app at Beat, as well as on the Wisdom app at bdme. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.